your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On VGK podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Welcome back to the Locked On VGK podcast. I'm Jack Manning, the host of the Locked On VGK podcast. I am also a writer for DauberProspects.com covering the Vegas Golden Knights beat, and I am also the co-host of the Golden Knights Watch podcast with AJ Alexander. But you're not here to hear about me. You're here because it's a new day in America. You woke up today in a new reality absolutely different from the one before. Because today, Mark Stone is the leader in NHL scoring with seven points across four games. Mark Stone leads the entire NHL in points. And he was not even the most impressive thing from the Golden Knights 5-2 victory over the Desert Dogs, the Arizona Coyotes, two games in a row. The Vegas Golden Knights have absolutely destroyed the hopes and dreams of every hockey fan in Arizona. So to all seven of you, my condolences. I'm kidding, of course. That's just a joke, just like Arizona hockey. Oh! Oh! Of course, as fun as last night's game was, the first 5 minutes and 18 seconds didn't give the Golden Knights fans a whole lot to be excited about because through 5 minutes and 18 seconds, the Golden Knights didn't get a single shot on net. But who needs shots that don't go in, right? At least that's what Shea Theodore had to say because the very first shot that the Vegas Golden Knights were able to get on net at 5 minutes and 18 seconds cruised past Darcy Kemper and Shea Theodore was on the board for the first of his two goals on the evening. But Shea Theodore didn't score that goal alone. He had huge assists from Alec Martinez and Alex Tuck. But perhaps most impressive was that the net front presence on that goal and the goal that would follow from, spoiler alert, Alec Petrangelo, was scored because Keegan Colazar was able to plant himself in front of the net, be that net front presence, and cause havoc in front of Darcy Kemper, keeping him from getting a clean look at the shot coming in from Shea Theodore. So huge credit to Keegan Colazar for having his best game so far of his young NHL career. Pete DeBoer also thought that Keegan Colazar had a pretty good game. Let's see what he had to say. That's his best game for sure. You know, physical, uh, skating, uh, you know, uh, went to the front of the net, turned some pucks over. So, you know, we we needed to see that. I think uh, he had a little bit of a slow start out of camp, and uh, it was nice to to see him finally, uh, you know, finally see his A game. While Keegan Colazar probably hasn't done enough to secure himself a long-term guaranteed job in the lineup, especially with Cody Glass still on the outside looking in, it has been good to see progress from a young kid, 23 years old, looking to find his way into the league. And so some good results, even just from a human perspective, the team aside, is really nice to see. Of course, after Keegan Colazar had his heroics, and I'm being a little bit sarcastic there, uh, Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty connected for one heck of a goal 
in the second period. Just before the 10 minute mark of that second period, Nick Haig would make a great defensive play to strip the puck at the blue line and get it over to Max Pacioretty. Max Pacioretty would spring Mark Stone for a goal of his own and it was an absolute beauty. And that goal would stand as the ultimate game winner over the Desert Dogs. Uh, but the Golden Knights didn't mind packing on a couple of extra goals, especially from a third line that has struggled so far. Now, Pete DeBoer made it clear that there wasn't any locked-in third line and there are still ongoing roster decisions to be made. And I think that's probably a hint that they're looking for a way to get Cody Glass back into the lineup sooner rather than later. But the Golden Knights did, like I say, pick up two additional goals before the game was out, one off of the stick of Shea Theodore and the other coming off of the stick of Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck, who has traditionally had a really tough start to each and every one of the Vegas Golden Knights season because he has always, and I mean always, been injured to start the season or has been in the AHL. So it's nice to see Alex Tuck get on the board uh, with a goal and to start showing that goal-scoring ability uh, that he was able to put on display all throughout the playoff bubble, that's the Alex Tuck the Golden Knights need to see if they are going to have an effective third line. And I would guess that sooner rather than later, he's going to have a very skilled center uh, helping him to put up even more goals in the form of Cody Glass. But you can't talk about last night's game without talking about the solid performance put up by Marc-Andre Fleury. Flurry would ultimately turn away 21 of 23 shots on net and would put up an outstanding performance, stoning several breakaways from some of the league's former stars like Phil, no longer very thrilling, Kessel. But ultimately, the Golden Knights would walk away from this game with a record of 4-0, their best start to any season ever. And they still have two more games against the Arizona Coyotes over the course of the next week. If they can repeat their performances that they put up here in Las Vegas, when they get down to Arizona, they would be 6-0 on the season, quickly approaching the all-time NHL record for starts of 10-0. But we're putting the cart way in front of the horse. For now, let's stop, smell the roses, and just appreciate how good it feels to be undefeated. In just a few minutes, I'm going to give you a follow-up to yesterday's story about Vegas Golden Knights prospect Pavel Dorofayev coming to North America. But first, a quick message from our sponsor, betonline.ag. Are you ready for some football? Because college football is heading into bowl season and there are some huge matchups this weekend. Uh, the NFL regular season is just about finished or it might already be finished by the time you're listening to this. And the playoff picture is becoming clearer and clearer. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust for all our bets, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON for 50% for your 50% welcome bonus. Like I say, there are tons of NHL games happening every single night. In fact, there's going to be an NHL game on every night for at least the next 100 days, uh, assuming the world allows that. Uh, so don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports experts. Just before the break, I teased that we would be talking about Pavel Dorofayev, the Vegas Golden Knights third round pick from the 2019 draft, who 
was recently reported to have terminated his contract in the KHL to pursue his career with the Vegas Golden Knights. Well, yesterday, Pavel Dorofayev took part in an interview with another Russian media site confirming that he would, in fact, leave the KHL, has already paid to terminate his contract, and in fact, is expecting to come to North America anytime soon. But there's a couple of key items that I want to point out from that interview. The first of which is that Dorofayev expects and is planning on starting his career in the AHL. While that doesn't come as a, as a surprise to most folks that have been tracking Pavel Dorofayev, he still has quite a bit of development to do before he's ready to be an impact player. It should be reassuring to Golden Knights fans everywhere that this player is ready and willing and prepared to spend time in the AHL developing his skills and isn't expecting to walk onto the big club. This prevents fans from getting too excited, prevents him from getting his feelings hurt if he's not ready to walk into the lineup right away, and he's not, and he recognizes that. In the interview, Dorfai was asked, what goals do you have set for yourself at this stage of your career? And he responds, prove yourself in the AHL, earn your chance in the main team, try to get a foothold in Vegas. That's the type of hard work, fighting attitude that you need from a young prospect looking to make his way into the NHL, looking to break into the league. Anyone that's look, just looking for a handout isn't going to fit in well with the Vegas Golden Knights, and clearly Pavel Dorfayev is ready to put in the work. But that doesn't mean that Pavel Dorfayev isn't a highly desirable, high, very high potential prospect. He was asked during the course of the interview, whose initiative was it, yours or the Vegas leadership? And he responds, it was both my desire and the Vegas side. They said that they were waiting for me and ready to receive me, and therefore we made this decision. Now, I assume that a little bit is lost in translation there, but it's clear that Vegas wants Pavel Dorofayev as much as Dorofayev wants to be in North America. Interestingly, though, Dorofayev confirms that Vegas tried to get him signed back in 2019, right after he was drafted. The interviewer asked, is it true that Vegas want, wanted to bring you to, to America right after the 2019 draft? And he responds, yes, there was such an offer. They wanted me to come to them after the expiration of the contract with Magnitogorsk, which means that uh, Dorofayev is a, a priority for the Vegas Golden Knights. They see that high potential for him, and they've been trying to get him under contract for some time now. And I think it comes as a great relief to them that they won't have to wait all the way until April of 2022 to get this kid under contract. But while Pavel Dorofayev was drafted in the third round, the Vegas Golden Knights have hit an absolute home run with a player they didn't even spend a draft pick on. Zach Whitecloud has in the last year, become one of Vegas's top three defenders. As I watched last night's game, I couldn't help but marvel at some of the incredible defensive plays that Zach Whitecloud would put up, and it paid dividends. And there was no play more entertaining, more impressive from Zach Whitecloud last night than his glove save on the goal line of a puck. In fact, he grabs the puck straight out of the air, tosses it between his legs like the granny shot uh, that we all took when we were young children playing horse, earning his picture to be placed in the dictionary next to the word butte. To me, that's the only appropriate description for a player that has absolutely exceeded all expectations. Zach Whitecloud was passed over three years in a row at the NHL draft. He didn't appear in many, if any, draft rankings, 
each of those three years. And when he finally got himself into the NCAA and started to develop and was a 21-year-old prospect, no longer eligible to be drafted, he was signed by the Vegas Golden Knights as an undrafted free agent out of Bemidji State in the NCAA. And since that time, he has done nothing but develop. Starting out as the D partner for Nick Haig in the AHL for the Chicago Wolves, Zach Whitecloud looks like he would be a fine enough depth piece, a player that you could plug into the bottom of your lineup and hope that nothing terrible would happen. But since then, he has established himself clearly as the third best defenseman on this team behind only Alex Petrangelo and Shea Theodore, both of whom are going to be in the Norris conversation for years to come. While Zach Whitecloud may not be the flashiest player in the world, and while he may not have obscene points, totals like Shea Theodore or Alex Petrangelo might put up by the end of this season, what he's able to do to keep the puck in play on the blue line, what he's able to do to add physicality to the game, what he's able to do to support a player like Nick Haig, who has a little bit more offensive flair, is something that cannot be replaced. And so suddenly, I find myself wondering, with guys like Alec Martinez and Braden McNabb patrolling the blue line, eating up a significant portion of salary, and with more defensive depth down on the taxi squad and in the AHL, I have to start wondering, is Brayden McNabb or Alec Martinez going to suddenly become a more aggressive trade uh, target for the Vegas Golden Knights because of the, the cap constraints they find themselves in and the emergence of what is clearly now a top four defenseman in Zach Whitecloud? Alec Martinez, who they just traded two second-round picks for not less than a year ago, and touting at the time of the trade how thrilled they were to be getting two years from the former Stanley Cup winner, all of a sudden may seem like an anchor for the salary cap, keeping the Golden Knights from adding additional pieces either from AHL Henderson or from outside the team altogether. There are going to be pretty significant pieces available at this year's trade deadline, especially as teams try to shed actual salary and cap space. And so you would expect that uh, there are going to be pretty good pieces available at the deadline. But as it stands, the Golden Knights aren't in a position to add anyone unless they move salary out. So with Alec Martinez making about $4 million bucks a year and Braden McNabb making $2.5 million, you have to wonder, are they looking to move a player like that out so that they can make even more additions at the deadline to push this team into Final Cup contention? I'd be surprised if that wasn't on the table. So I've got to tip my cap to the, the Vegas Golden Knights scouting staff that was able to identify a, a largely underscouted, underappreciated prospect in Zach Whitecloud. And I've also got to tip my hat to the development staff for the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, both at the NHL and the AHL level, as they've been able to take that raw talent in, in Zach Whitecloud and help him develop into what is clearly a top four defenseman. The, the stories about White Cloud being an absolute student of the game are clear. He seems to get better and better each and every game. And it, it seems to be not because he's physically improving, but because he's getting a better understanding of the pro game each and every moment that he's on the ice. 
Now, what I continue to bang the drum for, and I'm going to continue banging the drum for all year long, is some recognition that Zach Whitecloud is among the best rookies in the league. Now, with a guy like Kirill Kaprizov being in Minnesota and already putting up five points on the season, there's not much likelihood that Zach Whitecloud is actually going to win the Calder Trophy this year. But in terms of what players are most valuable to their team over the course of the season. It would be hard to see any rookie being as valuable to a blue line as, as Zach Whitecloud has been and will continue to be for the Vegas Golden Knights. It certainly doesn't hurt that Whitecloud is also making the league minimum for the next two years, uh, meaning that there is no more cost-effective player in the, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights organization uh, than Zach Whitecloud. But something tells me that he's going to get himself a pretty significant raise uh, starting in the 2022-2023 season. If you're enjoying this podcast, I really want to encourage you to go check out the Locked On Bets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, uh, because betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get your daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Uh, Subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. This next segment is brought to you by Rock Auto. Uh, With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, uh, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain auto store. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning uh, and wait for the counterman to order the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can then use on other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? For example, a a Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 Honda Odyssey is $353 uh, at Advance uh, Auto, which is a big store, and it's only 216 bucks at Rock Auto. You know, chain stores have different price tiers and professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging uh, prices based on what the market will bear like, like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for the auto body parts uh, from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily drive, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available to your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available to you for your car or truck. With amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. As we head into the next section of this podcast, I want to make clear that I am not reporting that there is a trade imminent. And I want to make sure that I'm not 
giving you the impression that I've got some inside knowledge that the Vegas Golden Knights are definitely making a trade sometime soon. But I think that it's inevitable that the Vegas Golden Knights are going to have to make a roster move. Now, a lot of folks are waiting to see Cody Glass get back in the lineup as quickly as possible, and you can count me among them. However, when I look at the Vegas Golden Knights roster situation, and especially their cap situation, I don't see any reasonable way to get Cody Glass back in the lineup before almost the trade deadline without a move. Now, a lot of folks have spent a lot of time looking at the cap situation for the Vegas Golden Knights over the last little while. And with Keegan Colazar in the lineup and Cody Glass out, one of Vegas Golden Knights' best prospects is on the outside looking in purely because there isn't enough room under the cap. Now, I'm not criticizing George McPhee or Kelly McCrimmon for their management of the cap. While I think they overpaid a couple of guys over the summer, specifically Chandler Stevenson, uh, getting a almost $3 million deal just as the the COVID situation uh, was becoming front and center, and offering Nick Holden, who is now on the taxi squad, $1.7 million uh, for two years starting before the pandemic ever happened. Obviously, those are not ideal contracts, uh, but I, I do commend the Vegas Golden Knights for managing the cap the way that they have. Uh, they have been good about getting their young players under long-term contracts at a slightly higher AAV or average annual value uh, than uh, you might expect, but for longer term, buying up more of their valuable years for less. However, the Vegas Golden Knights are currently sitting on about $295,000 of cap space uh, for 20 players. Uh, and so that puts them in a, in a pretty difficult position. Obviously, there are no players in the league who make less than 295000 because the league minimum is right around 700000 And so th the difference is the, the Vegas Golden Knights will continue to accumulate cap space throughout the season. So as long as they have that $295,000 in cap space now, that number will continue to grow and grow until the trade deadline. And so I've heard a lot of folks say, oh, it doesn't really matter that Cody Glass isn't playing right now. Eventually, the Vegas Golden Knights are going to have enough cap space uh, to sign him as, or excuse me, to get him back of the lineup uh, as the season goes on. That being said, I think folks are underestimating the amount of time that it's going to take to get Cody Glass back into the lineup. If there are no moves by the Vegas Golden Knights between now and the deadline, it will take 77 days uh, for them to accumulate enough cap space to add Cody Glass's $863,000 salary back to the lineup. And so what we're talking about is getting all the way in to April. Yeah, we're that far. All the way into April uh, before you're going to see Cody Glass play a game. Uh, and I don't think the Golden Knights can tolerate that. With the Golden Knights having traded uh, Paul Statsny over the offseason and not having any significant depth at center, uh, they need Cody Glass to develop into a top six center sooner rather than later. While Chandler Stevenson has been a pretty effective tool for uh, Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone up on that top line, ideally those two players are playing with a more skilled player like Cody Glass, somebody who can 
create plays uh, from more than just speed, someone who isn't just skating end-to-end -end at full bore, but instead is able to do dominate possession in the zone with those two elite playmakers, uh, and, and both of whom have a, a pretty impressive shot. And until the Vegas Golden Knights are able to make a move, until the Vegas Golden Knights are able to move some salary, uh, Cody Glass is going to cease developing. He's not playing any games in the AHL because the AHL isn't playing. And frankly, he's too good for that league. If they want to see him become that top six center, become the player that they hoped he would be when they drafted him six overall in 2017, he needs to get game action and he needs to get it now. Because here early on in the season, as the rest of the league is getting up to speed, Cody Glass should be doing the same thing. But understandably, they aren't willing to give up an asset like Keegan Colazar for free in order to get Cody Glass in the lineup, at least temporarily. And so you have to think that there is a move somewhere on the horizon to make move, or to, excuse me, to make room uh, for for Cody Glass. And so I want you to watch that space. Keep in mind that the Golden Knights don't want to add any holes to their roster, but they do have some young players down on the farm who, who could make a difference. So you have to look at who could be moved. It's certainly not going to be Nick Waugh. Nick Waugh has become a really important piece to the Vegas Golden Knights lineup, and he's only making 750000 now, Thomas Nosek down on the fourth line uh, is making $1.25 million, but he has been with the organization for as long uh, as, as the Golden Knights have been a team, and the reason he signed in Vegas in the offseason rather than going elsewhere is because he's truly a Vegas Golden Knight at heart. When you look at who might else be moved, uh, you have to start looking up the lineup, but are the Vegas Golden Knights really prepared to move anyone in their top six? I would doubt it. If you're looking at Jonathan Marchessault, Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone, or Riley Smith, all of those guys are the Vegas Golden Knights' best scorers, uh, and the likelihood that you're going to move out a good score from a team that was already struggling to score last year in the playoffs, I think is low. So I'm not sure where things are going to give unless they're going to come from the Vegas Golden Knights' blue line. Uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but Alec Martinez makes $4 million, uh, and Braden McNabb makes $2.5 million. Both of those guys are on the back half of their career. Both of those guys are approaching the end of their deal. I mean, specifically, uh, Alec Martinez is in the final year of his deal, and Braden McNabb's deal uh, will run up at the end of next year. So, are the Golden Knights willing to move on from a player like Braden McNabb, who likely makes less than he should? Are the Vegas Golden Knights going to move on from Alec Martinez, who they paid two second-round picks to acquire just last year? Unfortunately, I don't have the answers to those questions, and, and even more unfortunately, I don't know that the front office has the answers to those questions just yet, but keep your eye on this space. Thank you guys for listening to today's show again. Uh, if you're enjoying the Locked On VGK podcast, I hope you'll check out the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast. You can get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. 
Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cohen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast wherever you get podcasts. So again, thank you guys for joining me on the show. I'm Jack Manning. You can find everything that I do on Twitter at NHL Jack Manning. You can also find my weekly show at goldennightswatch.com and you can find my writing on dauberprospects.com as well as goldennightswatch.com. So thank you guys again for being on the show with me. Hope that you guys have a great day and we'll talk to you tomorrow.